0: If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances, as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Mm Pellicer. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my true believer stories that I've collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStorytime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghost, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marley with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? Good, I hope. I am doing great. <laughs> Everything is good here. Um... It's October, even though I know you guys are not going to hear this for a little bit. It's October, and guys that heard me last week, it could tell I'm still getting over my allergy attack that was really not an allergy attack that became a head cold that uh, I thought was going to get rid of, and it's just lingering, and I don't even have cold weather to blame it on. So, yeah, if I sound a little bit weird, I apologize for that, but i'm still in the the throes of it uh anyway i know you guys are going to be really excited when you hear what guest i have but before that i want to let you know that uh about maybe a week ago no a little bit about 10 days ago i released my first fiction book called walker between the worlds it's book one of the civil chronicles this is a uh, you know some people consider it urban fantasy supernatural thriller uh there's a lot of genres that you could put it under. It's going to be book one, and it's gotten off to a great start. You can find it on my website, um, marlenepardo.com, or on Amazon. I'm already working on a spinoff, a novella, that's going to be released at the end of November, uh, right in time for the holidays, or right in between the holidays. So any of you that are into that kind of uh, you know, fiction, by all means, uh, check it out. Uh, I think it's got a lot of interesting characters and so much the initial feedback I've gotten from people that have read it has been really, really good. So again, Walker Between the Worlds, book one of the Civil Chronicles, but let's get on to the good stuff as in who I've got for a guest and I have with us Al Santariga. And as you know, he, this is the second time back. Let me give you a little bit of bio for those of you who had not heard the first interview that we had together. He's a sensitive and an intuitive. He's the founder of the Bronxville Paranormal Society. He's director of the New York State UFO Project, director of the North American Dogman Project, the New York State Chapter, and director of the New York State Sasquatch Organization. And how are you doing today, Al?
1: I'm doing great, Marlene. How are you?
0: Fantastic. It is great to have you back on.
1: Thank you for inviting me back. On the
0: contrary it is a pleasure it's great to have you back and um well you know i gave that short bio and we had discussed earlier because if we could talk about so many things uh because al's had been having experiences ever since he was a teenager a young kid but we decided that we're going to go in the direction of cryptids today because obviously as you could tell by his bio he has a lot of information a lot of uh stories and experiences that he's had in this field. So take it away, Al. Talk, I mean, I know that you you've you've been out there. You you actually do the field work. It's just not stories, right?
1: Oh, no, no. You know, I I, I don't like I don't I don't call them stories because everybody if you if you say they're stories then people think you're making them up. They're, right. they're personal experiences. I'm, okay. I'm I'm happiest when I'm investigating boots on the ground um i'm horrible about going over evidence and video and audio i'll be i'll be brutally honest i'm way behind on everything i all the investigations i do because i just love to be in the moment i love to be in the moment um i I thought since we're close to halloween I'd pick a, a pretty scary subject for tonight and i thought we'd go with um my dog man experiences yes. if uh you know that sounds good to you oh yes and, uh, yes okay very good so and as we um, were
0: discussing dog man like i said bigfoot is like oh it's yeah you know, sometimes you get some you hear some uh, stories it's like is he friendly is he not friendly is he okay you yeah. know but dog man absolutely hands down i i could live without having an encounter how's that
1: Well, after you hear my encounter, you'll understand why I don't go back to the the, the den anymore. But, um, okay. uh... Uh, so it all started one, one, one morning, early in the morning. I, I get up. I'm a commuter. I commute down to Westchester. I live up in Dutchess County. It's about 60 miles each way. And okay. uh, so I get up like at 4.30 in the morning, and I get on the parkway around 5, and I, I'm heading out. So usually I'm one of the early birds on the parkway. There's really not that much traffic at 5 o'clock in the morning. And one, one day I'm driving on the parkway, and I see across the meadow and this is a big meadow where the deer always hang out and graze in the morning. Um, so I'm always careful when I drive by there that I don't hit a deer or something okay. cause I've had them run along the side of the car cause I've had coyotes chase them in front of the car too. Okay. But one day I'm driving down the parkway and I see four sets of Amber eyes coming out of the woods. Now this particular woods, I didn't think was that big because there's a middle school behind there there's a town hall behind there so I, you know'm I'm, I'm looking at these eyes and I'm thinking man they're pretty high like right up at the top of the tree line with the branches of the trees because they cut the trees um, at like a six or seven foot level so the tractors can get underneath them to cut the grass the motor grass right yes and and these eyes are up there and I'm thinking, so i'm slowing down i'm in my jeep i'm slowing down i'm the only guy in the park i'm slowing down because i gotta get Uh a better look put the window down on the passenger side and i'm looking at these things and they're walking out bipedally and there's two of them and i'm thinking oh my god i think we got some sasquatch coming out of the woods you know right that's my first thought popped into my head so i'm looking at these things and i'm looking at them and they're walking out from underneath the trees and they're walking towards the meadow and then um, they drop down to all fours and they put their heads down on the, on the like towards the grass. And I'm thinking these things are, are, are like, they're like tri- tracking something, you know what right, I mean? They're looking right. for a scent and I'm thinking, what the hell are these things now? Now I'm, now I don't, I'm not sure they're Bigfoots anymore, you know? Right. And, and I'm just stopped on a parkway looking at them. And then all of a sudden they notice me. And they both look at me, and they start walking towards me. And now I can see their heads bobbing up and down. So I'm saying, wow, whatever these things are, they got a big head and a long neck, almost like a horse, you know? Okay, okay. But they're, they're not the size of a horse, but they're they're big. And I'm thinking, what the hell am I looking at? And then all of a sudden, they start running towards me. And they're coming, and we're locked on my eyes and their eyes. And, and I must have went into, like, some kind of days or something. I felt like I was being hypnotized. Or I was just, we were just locked in and these things are getting closer and closer and closer. And then a little voice in the back of my head says, "Alex, it's time to get out of here. Yeah. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So I pull up the window and I pu- punched, I punch the Jeep out and I get the hell out of there. And I really don't say anything to anybody because I don't know what the hell I seen. I'm thinking, what the hell was that? You yeah. know? And uh, so after a couple of days, I, I talked to my partner, Brian, uh, and I says, uh, you know, I got to tell you, man, I seen this weird thing. And he's like, oh, dude, you got to go back. You got to investigate. You know, you, you got to go back. Sure. So um, so so that so then that was like on a Thursday or something. Yeah, it was like a Thursday. Oh, no, that was a Wednesday Thursday. I get on the parkway. I said, OK, I'll go back Sunday and investigate. Thursday, you get on the parkway, and there's a truck in the middle of the meadows, and it's like a Department of Environmental uh, Control or some one of those right. mil, uh, government trucks, and it's parked there, and it's like a, a, a green Jeep, a pickup truck, like an F-10 or something like that, a small mm-hmm. one, but there's nobody in the truck, and I'm thinking... What the hell is that doing? And, but I know I'm th- I know that you know there's there's a creek back there, and they fill it with they 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 stock it with trout and stuff like that. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe you know if they're doing something with the creek or something, you know. And then you know I go home the next day, it's there again. And I'm like, wow, this truck hasn't moved in two days, and I never see anybody around. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So then Saturday comes. I work. I'm a mailman. I work Saturdays. I get in the truck Saturday. Now Saturday comes and the pickup truck is gone. But there's a an SUV uh, like a, a blazer and it's got another logo on it, another one of those environmental protection agencies that right. New York has. Uh, I forgot what the, the initials were on a truck, right. but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the protection agency, it was another agency. But I'm thinking, wow, now there's another truck here. This is crazy. You know okay. what? Well, I get home. I get home from work and the truck is still there. So I turn around, I get back on the parkway and I get off. There's a service road, right? And I get off and I start walking around and I'm looking and there's nobody in the truck. So I go back Sunday. So, okay, you know what, before I get arrested or something, let me get the hell out of here and um, (laughs) I'll come back Sunday when there's nobody around Sunday, come back. The, the SUV is gone. Right? So I go, I go out there with my uh, tape measure and I'm measuring the branches. Uh-huh. The, where I've seen these things walk out of, and the branches are seven, uh, seven and a half feet high. Okay. So whatever these creatures were, they were tall. Okay. Like. So then I start, I go into the woods. And like I said, I know there's like a uh, preschool back there and there's a, a middle school. And I get, and I get past that stuff and I'm in the woods and I go down into the, to the, to the creek. And there's people fishing and they're all telling me, yeah, it's time of the year. They stocked the, they stocked the, the creek with trout and bass and all this other stuff. So I'm saying, okay. I walk. I'm walking along the creek. I go underneath the service road, and I come out on the other side of the road, and I come out to a giant lake. And I'm thinking, okay, big lake. You know, um, okay. there's more fish in this lake. There's geese on the lake. To the right of the lake is a swamp. I'm thinking turtles, frogs. You know, okay. And um, I keep walking. I keep walking. Now I come to a, a cornfield, and I'm thinking, man, there's really an abundance amount of food back here yes. for this little patch of woods that I just thought was just a little patch of woods because right. goes and goes and goes. And, you know, you, you cross over uh, one, one, one tiny little street. And, uh, and then you go into this giant cornfield and I'm thinking, wow, you know, the corn, the corn, bring in the deer, the bigger, the bigger animals go after the deer and they get all this food. You got the, yeah. the, You know, so I'm thinking, well, you know, so I'm talking to my partner, Brian, and he goes, well, what do you think you see? And I said, you know, I got to be honest with you. My gut, my gut kind of tells me there were a couple of dog men. You know, I said, I don't know why I think they were dog men, I think because of the way the neck bobbed up and mm-hmm. down when they were running towards me and the way the head was moving i said i know a sasquatch doesn't have a long neck if any neck at all right and and i'm saying i, I think i seen a couple of dogmen so he's like wow that's pretty crazy then a couple of weeks go by and um we have a we have a hot spot where we go where um i have a sacred site where Um, The Sasquatches are I actually believe it may be uh, may be a Native American burial site and a Sasquatch burial site just because of the way the stones are laid out and everything and uh, But I noticed that the Sasquatches tend to stay on one side of the woods And when you get to the other side of the woods, there's X's and stuff like that You know where the Sasquatches you got the archways and everything so I'm thinking what the hell is on the other side of the woods? You know what I mean? You know, so one day I'm being pulled to the woods. I'm being drawn okay. to the woods. So I, I called my, my partner, Brian. I called my cameraman, Bill. And I said, listen, I'm being drawn to the woods. Um, if you guys don't want to come, that's fine. But I'm going. I'm being drawn to the swamp." So like, no, 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 we're going to come with you. We're going to come with you. I said, but I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't want to look at anything else. I just want to go to the swamp. So I said, okay. So, you know, and the swamp is like four miles back in in the woods. It's not like it's right there, you know. Um, You get get on a mining road, which ends, and then you get on the Appalachian Trail, and you take the Appalachian Trail deep into the woods, and and then you, you veer off the Appalachian Trail, and it brings you to the swamp. So we're at the swamp. And we're walking around, and we're looking, and the three of us—we're all walking around looking, and it's like we're not seeing anything, and it's just—it's just weird. But I just feel like we're missing something. I'm like, what the hell am I missing? We're missing something. Why was I drawn here? Why was I being pulled here? I mean, I, it was like a magnet. So I jump up okay. on this huge rock, and I look into the middle of the swamp, and then all of a sudden, I see a trackway going into the swamp. So oh. then I call I called the guys up, and I had this long walking stick, and the cattails were like 15 feet high. I actually had to move the cattails with my walking stick okay. to actually see the, the, the trackway. So then I called Brian and my, my uh, cameraman Bill, and they both jump up on the rock, and now we see it. And Bill says, Oh, I'm going in. I'm following this trackway in. I'm like, Dude, that's a swamp. You can't go in there. So he okay. goes to step in, and of course, he sinks down to his knee. We got to pull him out. You know, whatever. Walked through there was had very long legs, you know what okay. I mean. Okay. Then all of a sudden, it was like a veil is lifted from our eyes. Now we're seeing X's and archways and bends and breaks. Was, we're finding and scat, and we get up oh, really? higher. We, we get up higher on a ridge, and now there's a den in the middle of the swamp. Now I don't know if there's like a little island in the middle of the swamp, but yes. there's a den in the middle of the swamp. So I say Bill. Zoom in on that den. He zooms in with his camera, and we look inside the den, and there's this huge canine head looking, looking towards the south, okay? We're looking towards the south. And then directly in front of us, looking directly at us, and we were probably facing west at that point, there's this thing that looks like a hyena snarling at us.
0: Oh just my God. Snarling.
1: And then to the right of this hyena looks like three baby Sasquatches. And we're like, what are these three Sasquatches doing in the den? Right. So Brian's Brian's like, oh, we got to get a drone. We got to fly it in there. You know, we got to get it. We got to buy a drone. Right. So. So I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, this is totally insane. You know, all this stuff that we're finding, you know, and I'm saying this is why I was being drawn here. This okay. is why I was being drawn to this to this swamp to find this, you okay. know, and it was like I said, it was very strange because we walked around that, that area for like an hour and we didn't see anything like like the veil was covering our eyes. Right. I was going to say it.
0: there's there's it almost sounds like there was something there so that you wouldn't be able to just, like see it but see not it. really see it.
1: Yeah, and then when I moved that those cattails with that walking stick, and my walking stick is like six feet long, and I seen that trackway, it was all of a sudden it was like the camera came into focus, and then you were able to see everything. And then there was a a a trackway that came out of the back of the den and went straight down the middle of the swamp. Something walked straight down the middle of the swamp and due north. So that was pretty pretty crazy. So then, a couple of weeks go by, you know, and, and we're and we're you know going over all the evidence and all the video and all the stuff. And um, uh, I'm from the city, you know. I live in I live in I live in the country now, but I'm from the city. So right. I'm not, my uh, my bedroom I uh, is on the first floor. So we don't, as a rule, I don't sleep with my bedroom window open. Yeah. Okay, because I'm right. just from the city. We don't do that in the city. Right. You know? Right. So. But one night it was a real warm night. It was a, it was a, it was early fall, um, like late September or something like that. And uh, oh. uh, and but it was a warm night, so I left the window open, which is something I never do. I don't know why I did it. I just did it. And and the weird thing is, I usually sleep with my head towards the top of the bed, away right. from the window. Right. Well, that night I slept with my head right in front of the window, like looking out the window. Right now I'm like, I'm laying in bed. My wife is in bed and our cat is in between us. We got we have like three cats, one of Uh our cats sleeping in between us. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I get a feeling like there's something out the window.
0: Okay. So
1: I'm look I'm looking out the window. I don't see anything. And then I thought I heard something sniff. (laughs) And at that point, this cat jumps straight up out of the bed and goes charging upstairs to the kid's room. It sounded like a herd of buffaloes running up. I was like, you're on t- your own, man. Tiny little cat, right? <laughs> so, you know, I feel like there's something right on the other side of this wall, right? My bedroom wall. And I'm like, okay, there's something out there. Let's go check it out. Let's go see what it is. So right. I start walking around towards... The side of the house where the kitchen is, because we have the sliding glass door so that leads to the patio. We got the floodlights, and as I get just, I get into the living room. I'm just about to turn into the kitchen. Little voice in my head says, "Don't do this."
0: Oh, thank God, says, that little voice <laughs> it says,
1: it "says Al, you do not turn on those floodlights because you don't want to see what's out there. Go back to bed. Just go back to bed and shut oh, the window." Oh my God. So I do. it. I go back to bed and I shut the window and I go to sleep. That morning I wake up. Again it's 4:30 in the morning. I get up. Um I go outside to start the car to warm it up because it was a little chilly. Right. And I come as I'm coming back in and it, uh, now that we have like a five car driveway and my okay. my car is the the one closest to the street because I'm the first one to leaves right. It was my wife's car, my daughter's car. And she, her car was closest to the garage. And as I start my car up and I turn to walk towards back towards the house to um, go inside to get ready, the floodlights are on, of course, because as soon as, the, as you walk outside, the sensor yeah, lights Yeah, it's got go the
0: motion up. detector. You're right.
1: And all of a sudden, I, I'm looking, and it looks like there's something under my front deck. Something big and wide and hunched over and just sitting under my front deck. Oh, now, um, this is like a, a Tuesday morning when that's garbage day, right? So usually when, I, when garbage day is, I usually go outside with either a can of pepper spray or a little pocket knife because okay. every now and then we get a pack, pack of wild dogs that are run through the neighbor tearing up all the garbage, okay. you know? So I don't want to get caught outside un, unarmed with a pack of wild dogs. Okay. So I got, my, I got my can of pepper spray. I got my knife in my pocket, my little my little pocket knife, and I see, I see a shadow under the front deck. And I'm like, what the hell's under my front deck? Now I can't see because the floodlights are blinding me. Right. You know. Right. So I was like, well, if this homeless person or somebody, you know, camping out under my deck, this is dude, they gotta leave. You know, this is not gonna happen. I'm not. <sighs> I'm not the type of guy that walks away from this kind of stuff. You know, I walk towards it. So I'm walking towards this thing. I'm walking towards this thing, and the closer I'm getting, the the worst, the vibe I'm getting. I'm getting a really bad vibe. The closer I get to this thing, so I flick open the knife. I got the can in my pepper can in my. Hand. Now before I go out, we have an outside cat that, as soon as you turn the kitchen light on to make the coffee, she's ready to eat. She comes out of her house. So, she's, so it's 4:30 in the morning. I open the sliding glass door and I feed. Her name is Callie. I feed Callie. And I slot, close the sliding glass door and I close it and I got, you know, the wood behind the door so you can't wedge it open and the whole right. nine yards. Right. And as I'm walking towards this thing and my v- little voice in my head is saying, mm, maybe you should stop like right about here, bro. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm looking at this thing and I'm, I'm trying to take it in. I'm saying, man, th- whatever this thing is, it's huge. It's got the biggest canine head i ever seen. And you're not thinking
0: what? I'm thinking, you must be thinking what could this be?
1: Uh, you know, I don't see any eyes shine. There's no light. Teeth showing, Uh, you know, I kind of have a feeling I know what's sitting there. You know what I mean? I do. You know, because I'm looking at this big canine head and it's hunched over and I'm actually starting to see the closer I get, I'm starting to see like a mane on its chest. You know what I mean? Like almost like a a lion's mane, but only on its shoulders and its chest. At this point, <laughs> my little cat, Callie, comes around the corner to use my wife's garden for the bathroom because she's finished eating,
0: uh-huh.
1: and she stops dead in her tracks, and she jumps straight up in the air, and she heads towards the woods. You know, I got like a 20, 50 acres, of 100 acres behind my house and I got another okay. 100 acres of wetland across the street. Okay, And she's running through the, And when I tell you this cat, if she's seven pounds soaking wet, she's a lot. She's running through the woods like a herd of elephants, this tiny little cat. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't know what's on the air. The cat just, just scared the hell out of the cat. It's, so now I, I, go, I go in the house and now I'm debating, do I get the shotgun out of the closet? Do I go back out. Do I confront this oh. thing? I, I'm kind of I kind of know what it is, you know, and I'm thinking, OK, you know, if you go to war with these dogmen, I've heard enough shows, uh, Vic shows on Dogman Encounters. Right. Uh, things don't usually end well for people who go to war with these creatures. Yes. But I'm thinking, you know, my son-in-law lives here with my daughter and he's he's packing heat. My son is still in the house at that time. He was still in, in, uh, going to college in town before he went out of town, and he knows where the rifles are in the closet, where the ammunition is. You know, so I'm thinking, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to war with this thing. I'm we'll gonna leave the gun in the okay. closet. I'm not even gonna tell anybody. I'm just gonna let everybody sleep, and no one's gonna know anything. Okay, I'm not going to tell anybody anything that, you know, because my my wife would think I'm insane anyway if I told. She doesn't believe in cryptids, you know what I mean. She me believes in UFOs and ghosts.
0: At this point, were you making any connection to what you had seen, as in it had followed you or not? You, weren't there yeah, you know,
1: and and the vibe I got was this thing was saying. You came to my house, oh. now I'm, I'm, and you came to my house, and you know where I live. Now I came to your house, and I know where you. Because the place where we go to uh, do our uh, our cryptid investigation mm-hmm. is only you know ten miles away from my house, and okay. there's there's nothing between but woods between here and there, you know. And so I said, okay. So I get my tactical flashlight. And as I walk down the because like I said, the floodlights go on and they blind you, so you can't right. see under the under the deck. so I get my tactical flashlight and I shine it under the deck. There's nothing under the deck now the giant shadow that was under there is gone. but I had just done two uh, two new retaining walls for my front deck, and there's urine mm-hmm. all over my retaining walls all over. I got photographs of it, I took pictures of it I put it on, I put it on a Bps page. okay, it smells smells like. A pneumonia, right, and I'm like, Son of a bitch, pissed all of yeah, my friend, yeah, just wall. like marking now, the
0: territory, marking kind
1: of its territory, right. So I was like, Okay, you know what? It, it left i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna walk away from this and uh, I know it's telling me don't come back to my house that's what it's telling me that's the vibe I got right you know yeah. don't don't come back to my house so I said, okay, message received loud and clear. I won't go back to your house yeah so i go i got in the car I go to work I get to work it's around seven thirty I just punching punched in, and my wife calls me and she's freaking out and I'm like, what's the matter babe and she's like I went to feed Callie when I got up at 7.30. And I went to slide the sliding glass door, and it fell out of the track. Good thing my son Nicholas was in the kitchen with her. He caught the door and held it up, otherwise it would have crushed her. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I fed Callie at 4.30 in the morning, and the door was fine. It wasn't wasn't out of its tracks. I opened it. I closed it. I locked it back up. She goes, well, it's out of its tracks now. Now, I don't know if this creature came around the back when i was in the front right and tried to get in by lifting the door up but because i had the wood back there it couldn't pop it out of its out of its track or whatever right right um but the next day i happened to be my day off so i took the door off off the track i relayed the track everything i put everything back up and so that was you know, that was that incident. And, you know, and then I told, I told, you know, all my guys, told them all my guys about it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. You know, we, you know, you should have told somebody, you should have let those people just sleep in the house without knowing. I was like, you yeah, know, you know what? Because if I, if I would have said something to my son-in-law, I woke up my son and they started loading up all the guns. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. There, there may have been like a, a whole battle royale going on over here. Yeah, you know?
0: and at that time you didn't realize that that it had maybe tried to get into that
1: door. Oh yeah, cuz that would have pissed me off. Yeah, yeah. that would have that would have set me off if I knew. And I, and and I don't think it was actually trying to get in. What I think it was doing was just saying, "Look, I can get in if I want." You know what wow. I mean?
0: You know what I'm yeah. saying? That
1: was the vibe I got. So then I go I get home from work that day, um, and I go in the backyard cuz now I'm looking for tracks because it was by my back window. Right no no the the dirt was hard the grass was hard there was no canine tracks but what there was was four claw marks in the dirt right under my window like yeah i was here all right you know what i mean i was like holy cannoli i mean that was so that was that was that was my second or my third encounter with the dog man and then um like a year later we, we decided we wanted to go to this place. It's called Letchworth Village Insane Asylum. Okay? I have now, heard we, of
0: Letchworth, yes.
1: We, we've been to the Insane Asylum a couple of times, but we've never been to the actual cemetery. Okay. Um, not knowing anything about the cemetery, I just assumed it was a normal cemetery, okay. like every other cemetery up here in New York. Okay. So we go, we don't bring any weapons with us, maybe some pepper spray, just in case we come across some animals or whatever. So we got like two cans of pepper spray on me and my partner, Brian, and we go up to the Electric Village. There's no signs for the cemetery. There's no parking for the cemetery. There's one spot uh, uh, 100 yards up the street by a hiking trail. That's the only place you could park without getting a ticket. So we parked there. We start in the day. We always do like a day night type of thing. Okay. So we get there, we go in, and there's a giant monument with everybody's name that's buried there. Now the cemetery is very very weird. It's a, it's on a hill. There's no headstones, just crosses with numbers on them. Right. Okay. So we're walking around, and we're you know we're doing EVPs, and we're working with the you know avolus and all all our devices, and we're filming, and i'm feeling pretty weird you know i feel like i got an attachment to me you know so brian turns to me and he says dude what's the matter with you and i'm like what's the matter with me he's like you know you're not acting like you and and i you know i'm thinking then who am i acting like he goes i don't know he says because you don't even sound like you and i'm laughing i'm going then what the hell do I sound like? He goes, Al, you don't even look like you. Oh, I go, come on, Brian what are you talking about? Uh, I mean, who do I look like, uh, you know? So we're walking around. And, and, and this place is in the middle of the woods, the cemetery. Yeah. In the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. So we're walking around and we're, and we're doing all these, and we're taking all these, we're doing all these uh, ITC devices. We've got all this stuff going on. And I decided to do a tree knock. I don't know why I decided to do a tree knock. I didn't see anything that said there was any like Sasquatches in the area or anything okay. like that. Didn't didn't notice anything. I did a tree knock, and we got a tree knock back. <laughs> so we're like, oh, okay, it's very interesting. So we do another tree knock. We get another tree knock back. But the tree knock we're getting back is coming from where our car is parked. Okay, <laughs> up the, up the, up the street by the by the hiking trail. So then all of a sudden, again, it's like the veil is lifted from our eyes.
0: Okay. As soon
1: as this veil is lifted from our eyes, Brian turns to me and says, welcome back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you're you again. I was like, okay. And now we see the X's and the archways and the twists and the bends. We find the structure. (laughs) It is the most insane structure we've ever found. I got photos of it too on the, on the, on the page. Um, It's. They look like telephone poles, 60-foot trees, okay, with no branches on them, just long trees, like, you know, like the stem of a tree, okay, wedged into a giant oak tree in the shape of a circle. And all of these trees are all seven to 10 feet off the ground. None of them are touching the ground. And we're walking into the woods to check this thing out because I said, Brian, look at this, Holy crap, We got to get pictures of this, right? So we're in there taking pictures of this thing, and it's like, what, what the hell did this? What, we've never seen any kind of structure like this before. Okay. you know, And now I get a really bad vibe. I get a vibe like we we're being, we keep being drawn deeper and deeper into the woods, and I'm getting a bad vibe. And, and I got to be honest, all of a sudden, I'm getting like a dog man vibe. And I say to Brian, I say, you know what? We got to stop right here. And he goes, no, we got to keep going, man. Look at all these different kinds of str-. I'm like, no, we got to stop right here. I was like, I don't know what did this. You don't know what did this. We've never encountered anything like this before in all of our years of investigating. uh huh. I feel like we're being led into a trap. I think we got to get out of here and we got to, we got to regroup. And he says, okay, "Okay, let's, 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 let's regroup. So we go back to the Jeep, we jump in the Jeep, we go to the diner, we grab a cup of coffee, a bite to eat. And we're talking about everything we've just experienced. And he's like, he goes, man, I can't wait for it to get dark, you know, and see what happens. Let me ask you something. Is this like
0: village? Is it surrounded by like a lot of woods where it's at
1: the village itself, where the insane asylum was, mm-hmm. they have they have like uh, fifteen hundred acres. They have like hundred, a hundred or two hundred uh, buildings. That's why they called it a village because it wasn't huge. just it wasn't just an insane asylum. It was a village. Okay? Yeah, they were self
0: contained. They produced their
1: own. It was insane. It was so big, and but the. But the cemetery is miles away. Really? Ten miles away. Yeah, we thought the cemetery was like right on the grounds. But we, but oh. um, because when we were there originally, we were talking to one of the security guards, and he said, "Whatever you do, don't go to the cemetery." And I said, "Why not?" And he says, "I was there patrolling one night, and I seen three uh, light beings in the middle of the cemetery. Just they looked like humans, but they were made of light." He no. said, one minute they were there, and then the next minute we were, they were gone. I was like, okay, now we're definitely going, you know? Yeah. So, but so anyway, we go back at night. We park in this one spot that there's uh, you're allowed to park in without getting a ticket. Okay. And it just happens to be a street light right there. So the Jeep is underneath the street light right next to this hiking trail. I don't know what this trail is used for. Okay. But anyway, we go back into the woods, and we, we decide to make base camp behind the giant monument. It's a big monument. It's five feet high, seven feet wide. And we say, you know what? We'll put our backs to this thing. This way nothing can creep up on us from behind. And we'll set up all the cameras towards the hill. We got the IR camera going, the thermal imager going. And at the same time, I got the, the digital voice recorder going, I got okay. the k two meter going, and I said, we'll walk up and down and we'll you know we'll 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 work with the oelis and see what, what names we get or whatever okay. and it's a beautiful fall night it's late November full moon like a hunter's moon you know uh and uh it's just absolutely crystal clear gorgeous night we're sitting we're sitting behind the monument, and all of a sudden we hear these Quad runner come racing up up the dirt road, the dirt path. Now to get, like I said, to get to the actual cemetery, you got to go down like a a, a bridle path, for okay. a lack of a better definition, like a, a quarter of a mile to get to it. You know, okay. so we had these cut this quad runner coming up the road, and Brian's like, "Oh crap, become the cops!" You know, they seen us yeah. come because we were walking in with our headlamps on because it was dark. When we went back. All of a sudden, you had these two kids stop. On the other side of the monument. They're literally eight inches behind us. Which way did they go? I don't know. We've seen them go this way. I don't know. I can't, we, I, we don't see them. They jump on the, the quad runner and they race up the hill. They go right by us. They don't even see us. They go up the hill and now they got a headlight on their, on their quad runner. So we can see them riding all over the woods looking for us. So now they have to, Oh, so they're looking
0: for you guys.
1: They're looking for us. Yeah. They have seen us come down with the headlamps. I don't know who these people are. Okay. We thought they they were cops originally, but then when we heard them talking, they sound like kids, you know what I mean? Like teenagers, you know? And, um, so now they're coming down the hill and they spot us because now they had their lamp is their headlight is right on us. So um, we stopped. They said, what are you guys doing? We tell them who we are and what we're doing. He said well, Hey, we'd love to interview you get some local information. Right, the- That's what
0: I was thinking.
1: And yeah. the dude said, man, I want nothing to do with you or this place. And if I was you, I'd get the hell out of here. What? And I was like, and I was like, no, I think we're going to stay for a little while longer, you know. So they leave. Oh. They, won't, they won't give us any interview. They won't give us any information. They don't, want, they don't tell us why we should get the hell out of there. They leave. Okay, they leave. Now we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the temperature drops like 20 degrees, and it's getting really, really cold. And the clouds roll in. And the fog rolls across the the cemetery, and it looks like something out of a werewolf movie. That beautiful full night turned into – I swear to God, it sounds like something out of a werewolf. It looked like something out of a werewolf movie. And I'm looking at Brian, I'm like, dude, do you see this? And he's like, this is insane. You know, where did this come from? It just rolled in after these kids left.
0: And let me ask you, and they they didn't tell you why they didn't want to talk to you guys?
1: Nope nope they said we don't want to be on film don't talk to us we don't we, we just want to know who was in here we just want to make sure there's nobody you know destroying the place you know okay. like vandalizing it They're like okay now we're not vandalizing anything they leave okay so we're sitting here filming and um all of a sudden they come back these two kids come back again they drive right by it's like deja vu like this it's like a, like a time loop they okay. drive right, they stop behind us again. They do the same thing they did before. They're talking, they get into the quadrant, they race up the hill, they drive around, they come back down, they see us again, they stop. And I say, Listen, you know, we'll shut the cameras off, we'll just give us an audio, you know, uh, uh, okay. interview. Nope. And they're telling us, if you guys knew if you guys know what you were doing, you better get the hell out of here. You better get the hell out of here. Now it's getting late and you better get out of here. And we're like, no, we're not leaving. You know, we're, we're not ready to go yet. Especially me. I'm not ready to go yet. Now, the whole time we are there, all during the day and all during the night, there's... Uh, a lot of private homes. Everybody's got dogs, and the dogs are going off all day, okay. barking crazy. And you can hear all kinds of dogs: German Shepherds and Pit Bulls, and you know, just all kinds of dogs barking, okay. going off. Uh, you know, because you know, I'm a Shepherd guy. I had a Shepherd. I know what they sound like when they bark. Brian had a Pit Bull. He knows what they sound like when they bark. And so we're yeah. saying, "Oh, German Shepherd, Pit Bull." And all of a sudden, we hear the most craziest bark. The biggest, deepest bark you ever heard in your life. And we both looked at each other and we said, Man, we we know what that is. That's no dog. Uh Now all the dogs in the neighborhood shut up. (laughs)
0: Yes, I already
1: they just they just go dead quiet. The and I mean all of a sudden the place got real eerie. I mean real eerie. And then this thing starts going off howling. crazy how I got the digital voice recorder rolling the whole time you know what I mean I I I know I'm getting this at one point we're walking I'm walking around with Brian I got the, uh, the the infrared camera going you know and I'm filming him as he's going up and down we're talking and on the audio of the infrared camera like there was something standing in between me and him you hear the deepest Darkest oh. growl. I mean, it was like either this thing was invisible and it was standing in between us, or it growled from behind the monument where right. we didn't see it, and right. it was so. Uh, but we didn't hear the growl. Well, oh, you know, I, I'm wrong. Brian heard it. He goes, "Did you hear that?" And I go, I "Hear what?" And he goes, "I just heard. I just heard a growl." And I was like, "Nah, you're out of your mind. You didn't hear any." thing because brian's got really good ears and he hears everything i don't hear anything i'm deaf from playing guitar my whole life and uh so he hears this growl. so now you know it's getting really really cold all of a sudden the clouds clear up the fog rolls away and we're back to this crystal clear night again and the temperature just keeps dropping it's getting colder and colder and i said brian we gotta go I'm freezing, man. We gotta go, you know. And I usually, I'm usually good. I dress for, I dress for the weather, you know. Uh huh. So I was like, I don't know if it was, I was chilled to the bone or what, but it just got so damn cold. I mean, even the thermal, the thermal imager was saying how cold it was. You know, I was like, it went from like 60 degrees to like, you know, 30. You know, everything just dropped. So now we're we're hiking out. We pack up all our equipment, we're hiking out and we're walking back up to our car and like I said, it's just this one tiny little lamp over our car. Everything else is pitch black, so we got our headlamps on and we got pretty powerful headlamps, we can see pretty far. Right. And we're walking we're walking up the road with our headlamps on and all of a sudden I see two yellow eyes behind my car. Oh and I stop Brian, oh. we're in the middle of the road, I stop Brian, I go, dude look up at the car on the passenger side. What do you see? And he looks up there and he says, I see two big amber color eyes. I go, yeah. Do you see out? I saw, I was like, we got to, uh, you know, so we both kind of have a feeling we know what's up there. Right? So as we getting closer to the car, now we don't have any weapons. All okay. we got, all we got is Flash our pepper light? spray, our pepper spray because we thought we were going to a regular cemetery. You know, right. we didn't know it right. was going to be a creepy cemetery in the middle of the woods, you know? yeah. So, we get to the car, and Brian decides he's got a yearning. Says, dude, I got to go. <laughs> I'm like, dude, get in the Jeep. He's, dude, I got to go. I go, dude, get in the Jeep. Yeah. And now I'm looking at this creature, this thing. Whatever this thing is, it's not a deer. It didn't run away when we got, when yeah. we got closer to it. It didn't jump and run. It, it, it stayed its ground. And I turned to Brian. I said, look at this thing if this thing is sitting down on its hind quarters it's five feet tall what kind of dog is five feet tall sitting down yeah and Brian says Brian says unless it's just sitting down on its haunches and it's not actually sitting down then that's you know that would explain but this thing was a predator he was five feet off of that hiking trail waiting for something to come down that trail okay to, to get and I was like. And I, I'm not taking my eyes off of these two amber eyes. Right. I said, I said, I, I went to the truck. I popped the door open. For, I said, let me open up this, that passenger side door because it's on Brian's side of the truck. And I'm like, let's put the door between you and this thing because you got to right. get in right there. So I'm watching them. I'm watching. And then all of a sudden, this thing must have shut its eyes, closed its eyes because now all of a sudden it's invisible. It's gone. Okay, how
0: close was it to your vehicle about
1: five feet away? Oh. Five feet. Oh, away. God. I had to be no more than five feet away And I got my headlamp on this is the fall. There's no leaves on the trees But there's a lot of shrub on 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 on, on the on the undergrowth Okay, so I can't see it even with my headlamp on and I turned to Brian and I say dude it just went dark on us. I said, I don't think this thing is leaving. My the the vibe I yeah. got was that this thing was down on its belly and it was crawling towards us, oh. probably towards Brian because he was on that side of the truck, urinating. Oh, but I, I was I was, t- I was already on the driver's side, you know, and I said, "Dude, get in the
0: truck, get
1: in the truck <laughs> yeah. right now." or I'm leaving you here. I'm not waiting a second more. I don't care if you piss in your pants, get in the truck. And he's like, okay, I'm done. He jumps in the truck, he closed the door and I threw it in four wheel drive and we hauled ass out of there. And there's no doubt in either one of our minds that that was a dog, man. They're always around cemeteries. It was probably there for, you know, for whatever reason, it, I don't know if it was hunting us because they seen the truck there right. or if it thought maybe there was somebody hiking on the trail and they had to come back down the trail to get to the truck and it was going to, you know, hunt and those them, guys attack them, you know. And those guys on the
0: quads that were refusing to tell... They were so mysterious. It's like...
1: Yeah, it was weird. It was so weird because the second time they came in, they said they did everything the same way they did the first time. It was like on a time loop. It was like... And I look at Brian. and said, "This is like deja vu. These guys—it's like they don't even know that we just had this conversation. Yeah, you know weird. that we're on the other side of this monument. You know, uh-huh. but we—but we, we We let them go by. And we let them do yeah. everything they did the first time. But yeah. I'm telling you, there's no doubt in my mind. The howls, the growl we got on the on the—if it wasn't the dog man growl that we got on the on the IR camera, mm-hmm. then it was a goddamn demon." okay right I, whatever it was like and the house we got on the on the on the digital voice recorder was definitely no normal dog between right. the one giant bark that was so much deeper and louder than all the other ones and then the howls were blood curdling they just put shivers down your spine and oh, i was sorry. like I I was like I, was like, nah, I said, we got to come back but you know we'll come back in the summer when it's warm you know well, but um that was crazy
0: and it makes you wonder and and, then, and let me ask you that that you just mentioned that thing about that dogmen there's a connection between what dogmen and, and cemeteries or graveyards yeah. what is it yeah. they they found like there's they're more often seen around there
1: yeah, for some reason they they're, they tend to be around cemeteries and graveyards. Yeah, I don't that's... I don't know what the connection is with that, um, but uh, that's, that's 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 you know the research has shown that more there are more sightings around those areas than uh, you know anywhere else.
0: Right. But uh... and, and you know what? And sometimes people don't. And I'm sure you've seen it more up there in the northeast where sometimes people there would be like smaller cemeteries that people find like in the middle of the woods that you know people forget about and maybe some of the sightings are to these smaller forgotten cemetery either village or family cemetery that, yeah no um,
1: i've actually found exactly what you're talking about we were investigating the ancient stone chambers we've got these ancient stone chambers that are all over the woods up here okay. nobody knows who built them the native americans say it wasn't us we didn't work in 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 stone you know what i mean right. um and we were we were at these, these these two chambers it's called the king and the queen's chamber we okay. were up in these wood we were up in these woods and uh investigating the king and queen's chamber and we were just you know walking around walking around walking around again it was in the fall we would have never seen it if it was in the summertime but all of a sudden the way the light was shining through the trees it was hitting a headstone okay and i was like wow what's that and we went over there and it's this tiny little cemetery in the middle of the woods like nobody knows it's there it was just i don't know if it was just a family plot or what um the stones were so worn out you couldn't read the names on them Uh the dates or anything it was just like the weather had wiped them clean it's just it was just stones you know and um i always wanted to go back i want to go back and do that cemetery at night you know so that that's on that's on a to-do list but um right it's but it's so hard to find it's hard to find during the day because it's so small it's even harder to find at night you know so well this
0: is the thing people get used to now cemeteries as in big cemeteries or official cemeteries and people don't realize that back then people either it was either a small town or like you said a family or even a village it wasn't you weren't you know first back they did have embalming people decomposed quick so yeah They would set up these small cemeteries that eventually get forgotten, you know, especially if the family moves away or the village for some reason, just, you know, people move away.
1: People just die off. If if it's a family plot and there's uh, eight people in the family and the last one dies. You know, for, you got to remember back then, people, you know, they're between the sicknesses and, you know, yes. the Native Americans fighting with the Native Americans, you know, the, the yeah. settlers and stuff. So, you know, they didn't live long, uh, healthy lives, you know, no, hard I, life. I, I tell people, yeah.
0: stuff, there was no 911. There was no uh, paramedics <laughs> to come. People died sometimes from blood poisoning. You got a cut that really wasn't serious, but you got blood poisoning. There was a lot of yeah. stuff that uh, could a lot kill of stuff. you. stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but this is, this, it's a, it's a, when I tell you, I get a creepy vibe when I go to this place. The vibe the vibe is just off my uh, spider sets. Let me ask you, the house charts. How,
0: how far is Letchworth Village from where you live? Is it far away?
1: Um, from where I live, mm-hmm. it's about, I would say, an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Okay, that's you know? pretty far. It's, it's not that far, you know what I mean? It's doable. Yeah, I mean cuz we we went back. We've done the we've done the, the actual insane asylum twice, you okay. know, so. So um
0: No, you know what the reason I was asking is you know that there's this theory about that once you see certain creatures
1: mm-hmm. that
0: they that in other words, you saw You're me. Connected. Exactly.
1: Yeah, you, you make a connection, yeah. Well,
0: in, in other words, until you see them, you could go to places and you just don't see them. But once they, it's like you saw me and I see you and yeah. then you see them when you go to places that before maybe you wouldn't have noticed.
1: No, no. And I think, that, I think that's a valid point. I, I really, Especially with the dog man, I think there's some kind of connection. I don't know if it's, you know, um, some kind of physical connection with, this, with your sight or some kind of scent, they pick up your scent or whatever. But once you make you lock eyes, like I said, when I locked eyes with those two those two dogmen on the side of the parkway, it was like they put me in a trance. Right. I was just you know, I'm, I'm stopped in the middle of the parkway. Somebody could have came down doing 65 miles an hour and just killed me, you know? Right. And I was in a trance and not until they started running over to me and and they were coming, you know what I mean? They weren't just like walking over, they were running. And when, and then that little voice in the back, my head kicked in and said, time to leave, you know? But, um, let me ask you something,
0: Al, what do you think? And, you know, I'm sure you've heard of all these disappearances. Uh, Dave Politis has done a you know, done the 411 41, yep, sure. You know, and I mean, he's crunched the numbers,
1: yeah. No, he crunched the numbers, absolutely he crunched the
0: numbers, and you know, uh, the common denominators, and you know, like he said, excluding certain things that hey, people that go in there that are suicidal, uh, you know, predation from God knows there's a lot of stuff there that'll take a human, you know, he's excluded those, and of course. He's he and I understand why he's never said this is what it is. And people are going through the uh, extraterrestrial kidnappings. And I know some people are even thinking um, cryptids.
1: Yeah, sure. Do you have any theory
0: on that? Because um, I
1: I think I think I think it's all plausible. I think I think it's I think it's a little bit of everything. I really do. Mm -hmm. Um, There are there are certain locations. Right. And on this planet especially in the woods right. there are energy fields uh vortexes portals whatever you want to call them where things come in and out of like okay. our our sacred site my psychic who does all her reading from arkansas she does it over the phone she calls me a conduit she reads okay. everything through me and she's like fourth generation she's she's absolutely amazing and we still question everything she says okay. but um she she said like this, our, our sacred site, she said, it's definitely a portal. You know, this, she said that place is just every, and, and like, you know, so as a matter of fact, I did a, I did a seminar Saturday night. Okay. Okay. In Connecticut. And, um, after it was all over, I had one of the, one of the, um, audience members came over and said, Hey, I got a question for you. I said, sure. guys, Shoot. And she's like, do you know what the Dover demon is? And I said, absolutely. I know what the Dover demon is. And uh, she says, do you think it's a cryptid? And I said, no. And she says, why not? I said, I get the vibe. And I said, and you know, it's just my personal opinion. It's just, it's just the vibe that I get. Okay. I I don't know how to explain it. I'm not psychic by any stretch of the imagination, Mm -hmm. but the vibe I get when I see that creature, and she was Native American. This woman, okay? Okay. And 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 an artist. And she actually had the photograph too. She showed me the which is like the same thing they show on TV when you watch those shows. Right. Um, the artist rendition, uh, like the what the kids drew back in the '70s or whatever. Right. And I said, you know, the vibe. It's alien, okay. but not extraterrestrial from outer space. Alien from. Uh, interdimensional. interdimensional. That's the vibe again. I said. I said. I said. When when you when, when when you say cryptid to me, the the images that come to my head are dog man, Sasquatch, the lizard man, the, right. uh, the moth man, stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? The Jersey Devil. Right. Not, not something that looks like that exactly that's not a crypto. to me that's that could be something that's just natural in the woods like a, a wood nymph or you know uh right. a, na- a nature spirit or something like that it's just something that's coming That's there all the diff- time or just coming through in a different dimension whenever Whenever that dimension uh, opens up and it, it right. can get in and out, you know what I mean. Exactly. And and that's that's what I said. I said, look, that's the best. That's the best way I could describe it. I mean, you know, nobody knows for sure, but I just don't feel that it's. Uh, um, uh, what you Because most of these cryptids are usually pretty damn big yeah. and pretty damn right. strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't. You never see any little tiny uh, lizard man running. Every everything is seven You're feet tall, right. eight foot tall, right. ten foot tall. You know what I mean? And and massive and strong. Yeah. So you know, I wouldn't consider the Dover demon a cryptid right
0: and you're absolutely right every every all those cryptids when they're sighted they're six seven eight feet tall really tall as a matter of fact that's you know whether whatever version of bigfoot it is you know from different parts of the united states uh it's always that they're huge and uh lizard man same thing uh wolf man i mean not wolf man dog man same thing Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't. And I hate. I hate the term dog man. I use lichen. I, I like to use the word lichen because that's what okay. the Greeks called them. You know. Yes. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, that's that's the modern difference. You know what I seen the other day on the Parkway? Gonna what? freak you out. What? I'm driving to work again. Five o'clock in the morning. It's okay. pitch black. There's a herd deer right by a golf course, okay. and they're they're grazing on the high grass, right? And I see this white thing looks like a white spider with a human head goddamn rake are you oh my hand to god (laughs) i I I would have
0: like gone back home
1: i did like a triple take you know because this particular this particular location with these deer greys um because it's by a golf course the cops usually back up into the woods it's okay. like a speed trap yes, so okay. as I come as I come around that turn I usually hit it with the, my high beams right. to see if there's any cops yeah. back there hiding uh-huh. you know because I'm always going a few miles over the speed limit you yeah, know yeah, yeah and and so there was no cops but I see this white thing and it's creeping up on the deer and you remind me thinking
0: what de- what kind of deer is that you know like, what is-
1: and, and I'm thinking is that a white spider? Because all I seen was elbows and arms and knees. Yeah. And it looked like, but it had a human head. And then it dawns on me, holy crap, this thing is a rake. Hey. And it's creep, it's creeping up on these deer. And they don't even know it's there. They're oblivious to it. Right. And Actually- I get to I get to work. I call my partner, Brian. I said, Brian, you're not going to believe what I seen? I was like, I- I'm going to go back after work. And I said, it, it may have been, I said, it may, it may-, it may have been just like a, a white lounge chair, some person's, uh, you know, um, lawn furniture that fell off the back of their pickup truck. I- Maybe I'm seeing it upside down and it just, you know, I didn't. Right. So I went back. But then it rained that whole day. It rained cats and dogs. So I- when I went yeah. back, there was no lawn furniture on the right. on the side of the road and yeah. um but i couldn't find there wasn't any carcass there of any of the deer and there was no blood but it rained all day so it could have washed the blood away sure. and the creature could have just taken the deer your carcass with it if if it was able to get any of them you know what i mean right. but unbelievable I could, and it makes you know, think
0: because usually deer are pretty sensitive i mean they uh, they take off
1: Get it i got deer in my backyard they could be in my far backyard grazing mm-hmm. i turn the light on in the kitchen or i open up the refrigerator door and they all pop their heads up and look you know yeah. what i mean so i mean and yeah. that's through you know 100 yards away through sliding yes. glass door you yes. know they, they hear that refrigerator door opening it's ridiculous yeah yeah i, I couldn't believe it i couldn't but... believe it for the life of me i couldn't believe it
0: you know what i heard this story and i don't know and i'm going to ask you maybe if you've heard something similar this was a story uh that i heard on uh i can't remember now whose program it was i heard it and it's i want to say it took place in missouri it, oh, it was somewhere in the middle of the united states okay and this guy's talking about how he's a teenager and he's growing up and the family lives on like this big kind of farmland like same thing surrounded by acres and acres of woods and they have a big spread out there and he says one day the families and and him and his brother and his sister and his dad are playing like uh, not hide and go seek but what was it that he called it something like seek or some seek and destroy something like that a, a version of hide and go seek right so he says that they're out there and uh they're playing teams him and his brother are playing against his dad and his sister one of those deals and his sister and his dad are supposed to be hiding out there and same thing like you know they have trees so they're and he says that they have like a little copse of woods which was close to the house like they were very familiar with it in other words yeah beyond that they had woodland but they weren't going in there they were staying in this little area so he says he's looking and he's looking for and he says that all of a sudden he looks like almost like what you described you know when there's a a, an area right underneath the branches like where all you see is the main trunk of the tree right he says he looks and he sees what looks like legs and bare feet
1: and white as a ghost and really pale and he
0: said his first thing is thinking is why is his dad hiding (laughs) with no shoes on you know, he doesn't wake up in, in immediately as to what is that. So he says he goes around, he can't find it. So then all of a sudden they go back down to the area and he says his dad and his sister are waiting for them. And he's looking at his dad and his dad is fully clothed. And he's like, yeah, did he, weren't you up there? Like he's still trying to like to, to, to make the connection. And his dad is like, what are you talking about? I've been sitting here with your sister waiting for you guys. Because it was already starting to get dark, it was like you know sun's going yeah. down, and, in other words, he saw something in there then take off, and like I said, it wasn't till later that he kind of officially wigged out over what he saw.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was on the Paranormal Roundtable. I. That. Uh, yeah. I heard that story too. I can't uh, remember I'm where. It was I heard par- it. Yeah, I'm thinking it was Paranormal Roundtable.
0: And I had never heard of that before, of uh, a, a something that's humanoid-looking. How's that?
1: Yeah, it, no, it it's definitely.
0: And I don't know if you had ever heard of that. You know, besides that particular story of if you had ever heard of anybody else having a similar um, type of you know thing like that, where basically this thing looked to be hiding out in this little area close to where they were running around and playing. And I was yeah like, no Man.
1: I mean I've heard a lot of stories with uh, that have to do with the rake but um what that thing was doing there I don't know maybe he was you know hunting that child you know yeah until until the child spotted it you know yeah. exactly. um but because uh, I don't think these creatures are uh, afraid of humans at all you right. know so right yeah I mean I don't know I mean you know uh, and back in the day um, we used to call those things uh, skinwalkers. Yes. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they they call them rakes. So we'll, we'll go with, we'll go with a rake. But um, yeah. you know, I always I always consider it a skinwalker. Um, so I mean, you know, if it's if it's uh, something like that, that's uh, you know, some kind of a demon or something. You know, oh. it's just
0: one, I mean, you know, there's different versions. But one of the things that skinwalkers are known for being when I say cannibal. Well, cannibals usually that you eat your own kind, but that they do eat human flesh. That's one yeah, of the things do, that yeah. that you connect with a skinwalker.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one that, uh, from what I understand, the processes that they have to do with the black magic to right. actually be able to shape shift and become the creature that they become. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That it's
0: uh that that that's that puts a whole different spin on it. As in, um where they might actively pursue a human being. Not because like you said, like not like what your experience was like, oh, I got into your territory and you're just trying to show me, now I know where you're at. There's there's more of a, uh, an intent. And of oh, course, if you're a child a, or a young adult, is much easier to take than a full grown human being.
1: Oh yeah, easy prey, absolutely. If you're, if you're six, seven feet tall, Yes. You know a supernatural creature and you know a four-foot child 60 pounds comes right. comes comes walking right up to you. That's like ringing the dinner bell. Yes. Yeah I mean the kid was lucky enough that he seen he seen the feet and he's he like, They knew that what that wasn't that wasn't right uh, there's right, something wrong there You know that he right. turned and went back to where they originally started the game where he found his father and sister but uh you know I what? mean, who knows? What people happened. don't that could, realize, and that's another thing, you know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying that's another thing that could be taking these people with the 411 in the woods. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not only is it aliens and Sasquatches and, and dog men, but it could be these rake creatures too. You know, of that are um, taking these small children.
0: Well, and and this is the thing, I and, and I'm not a hunter by any, but people don't realize how something that's used to being either in woodland. They know how to camouflage themselves, and I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna do like a really weird comparison. But I have a lot of chickens, and I lot of have some of them are not your regular white chickens. I have game hens. You know, their coloring, okay. and mm-hmm. their feathers. Those things can disappear into grass. Okay, there's they blend in so well. And my point being that there's things out there in the woods that they could be basically in front of you and you can't see them because they're camouflaged so well.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a calico cat, my cat, my cat, that's, the, yeah. that's like Cali this time of the year with the foliage, the different color yeah. leaves and everything. If she lays down in the grass, like to hunt, the, the, the birds at the bird feeder, yeah. if she lays down in between all the, the leaves. You'll never see her out there. Yeah. You'll never see until, until she moves. You won't see her.
0: Yes. And, and that's... she looks
1: just like the, yard, everything else in the yard.
0: Right. And they're domestic. Yeah. And that's a domestic animal or the chickens like what I have. I have, you know, I have guinea hens and stuff like that. And those things, uh, they go into the brush here. Like, I, because I have a lot of brush on my surrounding, um, you know, on the fence line all the way towards the back. Okay. And they get disappeared. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh. They, you know, they just they, they they get startled even though my chickens are kind of tame because they I feed them, so it's like, yeah, 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 it's yeah. the no, lady with you, the food, you, you know.
1: You could end up stepping on them, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah,
0: and that's what I'm saying. You people yeah. don't realize how things can blend in. Where you know what we're talking about that if something is trying to prey on a human being or observe them, and that thing about people see what they expect to see and they overlook the obvious.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, a lot a lot of people go into like um, where our sacred site is. We know we know for a fact that the Dogman is on the east side of the woods and we know for a fact that the Sasquatches are on the on the on the west side of the woods. We know that we know that for a fact. We found the sacred site. We found the Dogman den and the Appalachian Trail runs right in between them. Okay. And there are people out there every weekend hiking up and down that trail with their kids. I mean, right, I can't right. tell you how many times I see parents out there with their kids, you know, a hundred feet ahead of them running in running down the trail where they're, you know, a uh, hundred feet behind them, you know, talking to one another or playing on their phone, not paying attention to the yeah. kids because the kids are just running wild. Right. I mean, that kid goes around a turn and something snatches it. Yes. It's gone. It's just like magically disappears, you know what i mean? Yeah. And then um i i'll go in on my day off. I get like one day off during the middle of the mm-hmm. week. I'll go in and I'll I'll you know, but when i go in, i don't care if i go in during the day or i go in at night. I'm carrying an 18-inch machete, right. a 10-inch survival knife and two cans of pepper spray right. because i'm not going into the woods on of course i always do a white prayer and I and a sage yeah. before and after yes. because there are entities in the woods yes. that will attach themselves to you if given the chance. And these people go in there. And I'm not even talking about the supernatural elements yeah. that are in the woods, but just the natural. We have mountain lions. We have yeah. black bears. We yes. have uh, bobcats. We have moose up here. We have everything. The, uh, any one of these predators could, could take one of these yeah. kids. Yeah. And, you yeah. know. And these parents are walking through the woods, they're not They're not even carrying any weapons, right. not even bear spray, Some nothing. So if yes. a mountain lion comes down and grabs one of their kids, do yeah. you think hitting it with a stick is going to stop no. a hungry mountain lion? Of course not. No. He's going to grab not. that kid and run off And, and run off. You're, you're not going to get that kid back. You're not. You're just exactly. not. You know? Or a black bear that may have been rabied. You know, this yes. the, this creature is out of out of its out of its mind. It's out of control. You think yes. you're going to stop it with a rock? No. no. Yeah, no, people think not.
0: that that means you go. Hey, you know, the animal's going to be like, oh no, they don't care. I mean, even over here, we have people all the time, especially during uh, alligator mating season. They got alligators in their back po- in their backyards, in the pools. Some of them have even come into their kitchens. They've gone into sure. screen doors, and it's like, uh. Some of these animals don't care about you being human. It's
1: like. No, and you know what? And like nine out of 10 times, an animal will run um, if it hears a human because they know we're dangerous. Yeah. Not nine, but a mountain lion, if he's, if he's stalking you from behind, he's yes. not running. And if you get a bear on a bad day, yeah. you know what I mean? Maybe with a, an infection or something like that, he's not running. You can scream and yell all you want. They're not running. You better have something on you. You know, and, and when I go out, I never let anybody carry any firearms because I don't want to be responsible for someone getting scared and shooting somebody. Right. You know what right. I mean? So I always say, have steel between you and what's ever in front of you. You exactly. know, steel you can control. You know what I mean? It's in your hand. You got control of it. So, well,
0: people I mean, don't but- realize also that predators – if they get old, if they get sick, if they're hurt and they're hungry, they'll go after prey that they normally would not go after.
1: Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's something. We're easy prey. Let's face it.
1: We're easy prey. Let's face it. We are. We're, we're, the, the only reason they don't they don't get more of us is because they know yeah. we'll come back with dogs and more, more people with guns and we'll hunt them down and we'll kill them.
0: Yeah, but if Otherwise, it's an animal that hasn't eaten...
1: Yeah, oh, it's coming for you, without yeah. a doubt. It's coming. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I, I never go into the woods unarmed. Never. I just, I, I refuse to. Even on a on a on a uh, nature hike. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
0: and, and uh, it's like, and I think uh, all predators sense just like human predators when you've got a prey that's alert. Versus the ones like you just described that they're like, oh, oh, we're sightseeing, you know, like, yeah, I can get these easy versus that one over there. nah, I'm going to let that one go by.
1: Or even 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 if you just um, if a a predator comes up on you and you're willing to fight, you know what I mean? Yes. The the predator, a predator is going to is going to judge. And am am I going to get hurt? trying to take this this thing down you know am i gonna get injured if i'm gonna get injured maybe i'll just wait for something easier yeah. otherwise you know because they're not stupid they don't, they don't want to get hurt they, okay. that's why they attack from behind you know they sneak up on things they don't they don't want to get injured you well, know no so... even
0: even even in the wild predators usually will go after the young they it's easier prey it's
1: they, uh... Man, I, and I, I always tell any everybody I take out with me. If I take a group out, like squatching, mm-hmm. I always tell them, "Don't. Whatever you do, you can't run." I understand it's scary. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I, I I get it. It's scary. I get it. But you can't run. First of all, you can't outrun these creatures. That's number one. And number two, if you do turn and run, you may you may send off their prey drive, yes. and they may run you down you stand your ground you you just strengthen numbers mm-hmm. and it's usually enough for these creatures to unless you know they are really you know out of control to not attack it really you know it really is but you can't turn and run you can't it's the well, worst thing you could possibly do
0: you know what i'm going to tell you a quick story that points that out you remember back in i want to say it was a six, you remember that old born free that big docu movie that they made about these people that had like a lion preserve out in africa
1: sure absolutely and,
0: and it was like one of the big you know this is when they started doing these things about you know the lions and everything well the lady you know she they were they he, they were married she was the one that did the photography in the documentary about elsa the lion but okay. her husband stayed out there for many years and he had his own preserve of lions that's that's all he did was work with lions and they stayed in touch but he he says basically these lions some of them he had them since cubs and he said one time he was a little bit older already but he spent his whole life out there one time he stumbled and fell and one of the lions the male lions attacked him why because his body movement was in other words where they were they had these lions basically around them they you know
1: yeah sure absolutely. they're they all around them yeah they
0: weren't they weren't like behind a fence or anything no, like no no no
1: they were like their house cats absolutely. they were like yeah
0: exactly yeah and he said he was he was already getting older and he stumbled and he like you know he did you know when you do this full full body thing like into the ground mm-hmm. he fell And he says that lion got on his back, and he says that it stopped himself. He says he knows that the thing could have grabbed him by the back of the neck and broken his neck. Yeah, absolutely. But that it sprang at him, ready to like take him down. And he says he realized that his body language at that moment was the same as when an animal is hurt or tripped or vulnerable.
1: Yeah, it's just his the, the lion's prey drive just kicked in. Yes. Seeing an animal, like, stumble, and the boom, now I, now I can pounce on him. Yeah. Right.
0: What, what, yeah. And exactly make, you know, to the point of what you were saying, that when you tell the P, the group that you go out there, don't run. Don't run because all you're going to do is put a bullseye on yourself, and it might make it worse but instead of better, and you can't outrun it.
1: No, you can't outrun them. No, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah
0: that's good that's something to keep in the mind but anyway thank you so much al um,
1: yeah, it was my pleasure uh, thank i'm you. gonna
0: put a link to your website but for the podcast listeners what is your website address uh
1: the bronxville paranormal society.com
0: okay and i'm gonna have a link to it again yeah thank you so much it's been wonderful i can
1: talk so much the facebook about. page is much more up to oh really so if, yeah if, if you want to go to the go go to the facebook page that's um has it's it's I'm spending more time on that than anything else, so okay. I can't I can't seem to get around to get to all the pages because Brian's got us on like ten thousand different sites. You know what Let me ask you something.
0: <laughs> on Facebook, is it the same name that you have? Yes, yeah, the, Bronx the Bronxville
1: Paranormal Society. Okay. Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. So there you go. But either
1: or, yeah, and it got the hotline on there too. If there's anybody who needs to get a hold of me, ask me any questions or whatever. There's they okay. a hotline that goes that comes directly to my phone.
0: Let me ask you, do you have list any of if you're going to be doing any lectures or anything like that or any event that you're attending?
1: Um, You know what? Um, Like I said, I did this uh, presentation Mm -hmm. uh, Saturday night in Connecticut, and I did meet uh, like two or three promoters that were at the at that did attend. And they all did come over to me and said they were they plan on doing something in the future. They'd like me to come and talk, you know, so. All right. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Again, thank you so much. It has been absolutely wonderful to speak My to you. My pleasure. Take, Take care.
1: You thank you. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, guys. Uh, he's great to talk to him. Let me tell you something. And that was just, I'm not kidding. We spoke, we, 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 you know, we talked ahead of time, like what we were going to talk about because we could talk about so many different things, ghosts, bigfoot when we said okay let's go with dog man because we got to narrow it down or we're going to have a three-hour show but again what i like about al is he's out in the field and i'm a big fan of field work because uh don't I, i'm into research and you know you can't have one or the other because some people are all research no field work Other people are all field work, no research. And I hate to say it. Some people doing research is like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I got to sit down and it's boring or I got to go through all this. Because research sometimes goes on dead ends. You know, you don't find anything or you don't find what you expect. But uh, he's a good researcher and he does the field work. And also something that's really important, he's familiar with the area. And just like places that have a reputation for being haunted or whatever, whatever sometimes you go out there nothing happens or nothing significant and it's only when you go out there under different uh circumstances that you start seeing either a pattern or you have those moments of being like what they say at the right place at the right time that you actually do see something or start noticing like i said a pattern and he has he has that ability plus again he lives in an area which is, even though, you know, there's a lot of wooded area. And and did you see? He was observing when he went hiking through there. He realized, contrary to what he originally thought, that there was a lot of food source out there. Okay? There was a chain of, uh, of food, like this could feed this, that could feed this, that will bring in something for let's say a a a dog man to feed or be lured in because that's another thing people don't realize that sometimes predators do migrate from one area to another either one following their food source or if the area that they normally go to for their food source for some reason has changed could be, sometimes it's just a new road that's being laid through an area that drives off, let's say, deer or their normal food source. And all of a sudden, they have to go looking for food. And whereas maybe in an area there was never any prior sightings of anything, all of a sudden you see it. And, and nobody understands, well, why Why now? What happened? And it's, especially with predators, this is and I think once upon a time human beings this is all people thought about was how am I gonna eat how am I gonna eat you know your time was consumed in especially um, if you were uh, either you know either if you if you ate meat at some point whether you were total carnivore or an omnivore which some of your diet consisted of meat you spent a lot of your time, hunting okay because this is not grass it's not going to be everywhere you go or branches or leaves uh, unless there was some type of drought or something but otherwise when you had to chase your food or hunt it you spent a lot of time that was always on your and this is sometimes what happens also with predators they follow their food source or you know depending you know migrations uh of course weather but again this also is why you will see certain sightings of certain things where perhaps historically there hasn't been any. And you might not know what caused a shift in what they fed on is gone, so now they're looking for a new source. Or they followed it over there. And that happens a lot of times. Uh, And I, I do believe in that comparison that if sometimes these, especially when we're talking these types of creatures, it's almost like you're both off each other's radar until you see them. Something changes in the equation when you see them. You know, what is it? You look long enough into the abyss and it starts looking back at you, some some version of that. And it's almost the same thing. It's like once you see them, they see you and now it's like, okay, that's why, I was, you know, when a lot of people sometimes go, um, whether it's uh ghost hunting or, or even when you, if you're doing legend tripping or looking for a cryptid or whatever, sometimes you cannot unsee it. You know, in other words, is it everything you expected? Yeah, that and more. And as a matter of fact, you know, I, I, I listen to different uh, podcasts that talk about people relating their firsthand experiences with cryptids. But let's go with the dog, man, which is what we were talking about. And as a matter of fact, I was I was commenting to Al before we started recording. It's like, you know what? You never hear <laughs> of people, you know, like oh, that was a positive experience. Some people. It, a lot of the stories I've heard of people is that it bewilders them it scares them and, and a lot of the times the people that are recounting these stories are men full-grown men a lot of them are outdoorsmen or hunters or um have lived a long time in a certain area where they said the sighting, and up until then they were for lack of a better word happy-go-lucky they would go into the woods go here go there go camping or whatever the case hunting and they never thought twice and they weren't scared i mean yeah they took normal precautions like what he was describing but there was no fear once they have this sighting of a dog man then everything changes for them uh i mean some of them you could tell like by listening to them they're profoundly ex uh affected and and you basically what they're describing is ptsd where that memory is so fresh for them that they sometimes it takes years for them to even go back out they say camping or in the woods some of them they'll say hey i'm not going to get caught outdoors if it's sun, sundown's coming and i going back inside especially if they live in some area that's rural and they they had a sight something similar to what happened to al either if they see it in their woods close by or even close to their to their home or their land or in some cases some of them have had animals that have gone missing you know like stuff that you keep like uh chickens things like this and again some of the times they immediately think of the the usual suspects i've got a fox or some type of other animal that's getting in there and killing my chickens or my whatever fowl or whatever and then later on when they actually have the sighting they realize what it was that was taking uh what they had and all these people come to the same conclusion not that the that the dog man attacked them per se but they all felt that this thing can get me whenever it wants. Okay. In other words, if you take away the intimidating, it looks like a huge wolf thing, man, whatever. The thought is this thing can take me whenever it wants. It's a super predator. It can pounce on me. It can outrun me. Uh, it could take me and be gone into the woods, which is its habitat uh and that's the end of that uh so these let me tell you something when he was describing that thing about um seeing something under the deck god i don't know i probably would have run from screaming like a little girl but and i understand and, and it's really funny because what he was describing is he's thinking it's any in other words he's going through this like little list of what what is that under my deck and i think that, that that's what i hear a lot of people in common that have these sightings they don't go to oh it's dogman no they're like what is that they're going through trying to explain it and it ta- and it takes a while for like to them go through the list and go okay that's not none of the above and then that long buried instinct that I think we still all have in us buried somewhere uh, where for all that we are the hunters at one time uh, we were the prey uh, kicks in and warns us internally you need to stop back up and get out of here or go inside the house or get inside the car like what happened to him when he was at that cemetery and let me tell you something hats off to him because there's a lot of people that don't, that they dismiss it. Like they feel, oh, I'm not going to leave. it's oh, my imagination. Or I'm just, uh, you know, like they, in other words, and they, and I'm going to say this for the men, don't get mad. Especially men who don't want to feel like they're running from something. When they have those alarm bells go off and they really can't see what it is. Or that, or it's not really what, what is that? Like, if I, if I confront it, if I back away from this, you know, the, the, they've got that internal chatter that might be saying, oh, are you going to be a coward? What are you going to be this? And a few chosen words that, and they don't. And I think sometimes people have the worst encounters in their life or get at the short end of the stick because they don't listen to their instincts uh, that are telling them you need to leave. Or get inside the car or get inside the house or just leave, back up, back up, walk away, or because there's and and you know, I'm very familiar with the way subconscious works. Sometimes we pick up on things visually and even our hearing that we're not aware of, that we've actually are picking up on. And by this I'm saying you know, some people could say, Well, ESP or you know, psychic, yes, but there's a part of us, there's a lot that our senses pick up on that we're not aware that we're basically feeding into our brains that we just don't recognize on a conscious level. But we are picking up on it and that's what sets off the alarm bells. Uh, It's not like magic, magic, woo, woo, woo. This is our brains saying, i'm translating all this noise or something that you're seeing but you're not recognizing what it is and you need to back up and leave um and i and i've mentioned this before there's um god i can't remember what the author is uh i believe the title of the book was the gift of fear and uh The author was i want to i want to say god i can't remember his name i I believe he was a profiler criminal profiler and he wrote it from the perspective of people that are victimized you know victims of crime quite violent crimes and in it he describes how people that have been um attacked from really really horrible attacks violent attacks that have survived because obviously they couldn't tell the story, they didn't. All of them will recount how prior to uh, the attacks, they felt fear, and they didn't heed it. And, of course, it got attacked. Uh, and that's why the title, it, it's the gift of fear. In other words, fear is not all, always uh, a negative. Fear sometimes, and it's especially when we can't not name it or see it, We just feel it, that it is a warning system. And, um, you know, they say, you know, if I remember correctly, there was parts of uh, people thinking, hey, somebody's following me. You know, that this thought is going, and they dismiss it because they just, it's my imagination. They get scared. Oh, somebody's following me. Ah." Or, hey, you know what? Uh, if you're approaching let's say you live in an apartment building and you think or you heard something behind you or maybe a shadow under the stairwell or something and you feel that you know spike of fear and people dismiss it and it turns out that their attacker was there and sometimes even when they have people that are um are stalking them, you know that they'll follow them around for a few days. This happens especially with women, you know that that this, you know, their attacker kind of like stalked them for a few days uh, before they actually committed the crime, and they dismissed it because it was like, oh, that's that's like, it's almost like oh, this is like the 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 movie of the week or the crime drama. This doesn't really happen to people. And it's like, why not? And by this, I don't mean you're going to... And, and I think also that falls into part of... Which, by the way, is appropriate, whether you're in the woods or in the streets, is become a, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of who's doing what around you. Um. And what me and Al were discussing, how predators, even predators, like in animal predators, sense the difference between... A person or prey that's uh, alert versus the ones that are like huh you know I'm too busy eating or or in this case sightseeing or uh, on my phone (laughs) things like that so yeah all these things um, it boils down to a really important concept that I hate to say a lot of humans have forgotten about it's called self-preservation yep yeah self-preservation because Again, yeah, police, 911, fire rescue. That's sometimes, unless you've got unless you're into self-preservation, they're not gonna be able to save you. Or uh what? Solve the crime, yeah, but I'm dead. Thanks. No, it's up to you. You know, what what do you gonna do to take care of yourself, even if it's for five or ten minutes until the cavalry gets there. You're hoping at least like what are you going to do to keep yourself alive or to make sure that if there's somebody out there um whether in the woods the predator is an animal predator or some other place where your predator is a human being that they look at you and they say no that's not a good prey because this person is alert this person is going to fight back or something's going to happen and i'll look for an easier prey like all things but anyway guys i hope you like the show I love speaking to Al. He's super interesting. I urge you to check him out on Facebook, or on his website, uh, especially if you've got interesting stories or maybe something out where he lives at up in the Northeast. Uh, get a hold of him. Uh, make sure to check out my new book, Walker Between the Worlds. And again, guys, thank you for being part of my audience. You are all wonderful. Take care.